the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. To make a rich, smooth cold brew, Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Horton's tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. This hour, we'll be exploring multidimensional healing. As our world has become increasingly compartmentalized, so have our healing modalities. In an attempt to specialize and focus on each area of medicine, our well-meaning medical system has unwittingly created huge gaps between the differing parts. Looking at a specific part rather than the functioning of the whole can result in disastrous oversights as the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts. I'd been going to the same dentist for years. I was very clear with the dentist and his hygienist about my familiar tendency towards periodontal disease. The hygienist was very chatty. I sometimes wondered how she could talk so much and still pay attention to what she was doing. As it turned out, she could not. A tooth was becoming very sensitive to temperature. My dentist assured me the tooth was fine. Over time, the discomfort became more pronounced. I complained to him about the increased pain. He took x-rays and reassured me that all was well with the tooth. He suggested aspirin for pain and using toothpaste for sensitive teeth. A full-blown toothache drove me to seek out another dentist. He took one look in my mouth and sent me to a gum specialist. The specialist informed me I had deep pockets where my gums had pulled away from the tooth, exposing the root and developing an infection. He did deep, deep scaling and put me on very strong antibiotics. But the tooth could not be saved. He sent me to an oral surgeon to get it pulled, after which I was given more antibiotics to clear up any residual infection. Shortly after, I went to the family doctor complaining of stomach aches. He gave me a strong antacid. I developed irritable bowel syndrome. The family doctor sent me to an internist who gave me an antispasmodic drug. The condition worsened. I was failing to digest my food. 
The internist informed me that I might have to have part of my colon removed. I acquired food allergies. The internist sent me to an allergist who took me off of wheat and dairy. The symptoms persisted and the food allergies increased. Soon, eggs and soy were added to the list. I started to feel exhausted all the time. I went back to the family doctor who diagnosed me with chronic fatigue syndrome. He warned that if things worsened, I might need to go on disability. I happened to mention my worsening digestion to my chiropractor. He asked if I'd been on antibiotics recently, and I answered in the affirmative. He suggested that I might have a candida overgrowth. He provided a printout of the condition and diet to treat it. After following the recommendations for three months, I was much improved and able to go off the medications. My chiropractor suggested a cleanse to detox all the drugs out of my system. After the cleanse, all symptoms cleared. I was left with acquired food allergies and one less tooth. I counted myself lucky, for I still had my colon and my job. I asked the original dentist how, in spite of cleanings and checkups every three months, they managed to miss the pockets. Gums aren't my department, he replied in a huff. I decided to seek out a more holistic dental clinic for my future dental care. To be fair, since then, there has been remarkable advancements in holistic approaches in Western medicine, whereby it is recognized we must treat on all four levels, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, while keeping the whole person in mind. I'm currently a preceptor for the University of Colorado School of Medicine, where I provide instruction to medical doctors on the beneficial interface between shamanism and allopathic medicine. To say we've come a long way is an understatement. Unfortunately, the scenario I described is still fairly common in modern medicine. Treating the whole person is paramount, yet even today, the importance of the emotional and spiritual aspects in physical health are most often overlooked. Our guest this hour, Edie Stone, is a psychotherapist and a soul-centered counselor. She also teaches dream work and shamanic skills. Edie is a certified shamanic journey guide and a teacher of Peruvian shamanism. Her work has evolved from deep roots in mythology, dream studies, psychology, and spirituality into a tree with many branches, including interwoven themes such as Peruvian shamanism, Celtic spiritual traditions, trauma therapy, interactive dream work, and after-death communication. After this short break, I'll introduce Edie, and together we'll discuss multidimensional healing and the interface between shamanism and psychotherapy. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. 
Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers a certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th, Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. Our guest this hour is Edie Stone, certified shamanic journey guide, a psychotherapist, and a soul-centered counselor. Edie's website, www.edstone.com. That's E-D-I-E-S-T-O-N-E dot com. Edie, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It's fun to get together again. You know, we got to quit meeting like this, right? right. <laughs> so we all start out on the same page. What is soul-centered counselor? Well, um, that's a term that came to me as I started my practice because I knew that I was going to um, want to go deeper with people, not just do counseling, you know, what should you do with this area of your life, but to do dream work, to do shamanic um, journeys, um, and to do heart-centered work, um, and, and to integrate the body as well. Interesting. So where did you get your shamanic training? Uh, I studied with Kayla Moonwatcher, who at that time was running a program training people um, not in how to journey, but how to guide um, clients into a into a deep space where they could um, themselves connect with their spirit guides, healing energies, um, in some cases past lives and whatnot. So it sounds like you kind of integrated um, uh, guided meditation with the shamanic journey. Is that is that a good assumption? Um, it's on the same spectrum, but I would say a journey is its own form. Um, and definitely... I'm guiding the person to help them get down into a deep space, to get grounded, to start to connect with some images of nature, um, feel the earth, feel earth energy, feeling the love of the earth, connecting with the sky. Um, And um, I'm also calling in spirit powers of the sacred directions. Um, I don't name any particular tradition. I let the client's images come to them at that moment. And then their images are flowing, and I'm there. Um, they go into an image. They can come up a little bit, um, tell me a few words of what's going on. And I may give them a little direction, light guidance, but mostly I'm helping them stay in that space. And they know that there's someone there that they can turn to. And the main focus is on their connection and experience, direct experience, of um, connecting with their spirit guides, going through landscapes, um, sometimes feeling energies in their body, um, and and I'm there to assist them. So, are you you kind of like a translator in a sense? It sounds to me like you're helping them tune into their own connection, but helping them understand it at the same time. Sometimes, yes. If there's someone who's not familiar with journeying. There's a few coaching um, things like thank your spirit guide when they first come, see if they have any messages for you, um, just learning the kind of little bit of a language of, of reconnecting to that realm. 
And so um, from my experience, each of the directions and, and various aspects of, of the physical world carry a frequency. And then as we connect with those, they can represent themselves as metaphors. Is that what you're talking about, how the people each perceive it differently? Um, yes. Um, they're represented in different images and um, the directions can hold um, in different tra- traditions, there will be, um, for instance, in the in the Peruvian shamanism in the Pachacuti Mesa tradition that I follow, um, Earth is in the south, uh, the west is water and the moon, the north is sky and and creative spirit and and eagle and condor, and the east is is the sun, it's fire, it's it's um, the energy of, of warm-blooded uh, mammals. Uh, in the Celtic tradition, Earth is in the north. It's it's, it's right opposite, and there's different <laughs> there's different elements around the circle. West is in common with water, but the south is fire. The east is is air. So that depends on the landscape and the orientation of that that culture, that tribe, or that individual. It can depend on where they're born, how they experience that. I was so, born in the San Luis Valley. It has a, it has a certain quality of directions. <laughs> <laughs> that it does. So, so <laughs> say for instance, powerful. I think we see a lot of difference than, say, for instance, between North American shamanism and then from what we'd see Aboriginal, because we're on different sides of the planet and different things happen at different times, like almost reversed. Is that also mm-hmm. part of what you see? Um, yes, it, it, yes, it is. And even even in North America, however, different tribes will emphasize different directions and, and have different colors for those. Yeah, e- even within the same tribe, I've noticed different families have different traditions mm-hmm. in the Lakota way. So it's, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, this sounds like there's not really a right or a wrong, but are there some basic uh, guidelines so that we can stay working with the way life works? Um, yes, there's there's some really basic guidelines. When I'm calling in um, the directions, when I'm um, sending up a prayer, and, and the prayer is maybe what differentiates a journey from just a simple guided visualization or even from uh, alchemical hypnotherapy. Uh, it, we're entering into a sacred space. So there's a deepening that happens there. When I'm doing that, I'm calling in the spirit powers of the directions that love us and honor our free will. And I'm calling in those special spirit guides for that client um, or for a group um, that, that love them, that honor their free will, and that have wisdom and healing according to their intention. That makes so a lot that, of sense. It just sets a beautiful space and helps the, the person relax and know that they're in safe and sacred space and that those energies are starting to... to um, appear or to be felt to them. Gotcha. You know, now I, I, I'm going to state my bias right up front so we all know about it, but I really mm-hmm. feel that shamanism is this beautiful glue that can hold all the other modalities together. Um, and you and I go back a long time. And even early on, you were on the leading edge of blending psychotherapy and shamanism. Would mm-hmm. you please share a little bit about how you've combined these two modalities and the benefits you've seen of doing so? Well, um, I started off, I had um, both of those trainings. I graduated from Naropa, and I had graduated from from Kayla's um, training. And the clients that were coming to me wanted something like that. They wanted um, to journey. They were intrigued by that. But they also might have also needed some just therapy. Um, or they may have wanted dream work, which just blends those things automatically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, I, from the beginning, I was I was doing a journey and some dream work and some um, maybe somatic work or some gestalt, working with parts of the self, all of those things, um, and it, so it was a natural combination, and that has just evolved in that direction. That's what I do, and it's become a little bit more complex in the. 
uh, around 2004 or so, I uh, got trained in EMDR, which is a trauma therapy, originally using eye movement, um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, or those uh, letters. But the second generation of people um, were trained in more using either headphones, just a simple left-right beep, or using buzzers, which which are hand. It's like holding two cell phones that are on buzz. Um, left, right, left, like very simple left, right, bilateral um, rhythm. And also from the very beginning of my training, my my trainer Molly Gurach was interested in shamanism. So setting up a simple rhythm left, right, left, right, um, with the client having some control over how fast, how loud, or how intense that is. Um, we use that to go back, number one, to set up a safe space, just like I was describing at the beginning of a journey, finding a landscape where you can feel the safety, feel nurtured. Then going back into something that's upsetting, can be grief, can be some kind of trauma, can be just a set pattern, fear of public speaking. You know, it can be anything from sort of normal anxiety to deep trauma. And through feeling a connection, um, finding that safety in the interpersonal space with the client and also there in their imaginal space of safety, and then going to the place where there's a lot of emotional charge or there's a sense of, of trauma or unsafety. Um, using that rhythm while we're doing that, very simple, left, right, left, right, like you're walking down the road. And coming in and out of that state, learning how to touch into it and come back out of it, means that you're your ba- those brain states get a chance finally to complete the place where they were stuck in fear. And it releases. It's, it's just an amazing thing to watch, to see, <laughs> to be with someone where they've been stuck in some place. They go into it, and it's left, right, left, right. And, and sometimes it takes one session, sometimes it takes many sessions. But the place where they were stuck gets a chance, and it happens in the deep brain, it happens in the emotional field, it happens um, physically, and it happens in the relational field, so that we're, we're, in, we're in touch with what's happening, they're conscious, and um, healing takes place, you know, it's, it's almost mysterious, it's as mysterious as shamanism in a way, healing takes place. What a, what a concept! Yeah. So it's, it's, it sounds like you're using this modality, at, and we'll go in after the break here, about how um, shamanism also uses very similar concepts of bridging the, left similar, and, yeah. Yeah, bridging the left and right hemisphere of the brain in order to consciously decompartmentalize um, our trauma so that we can mm-hmm. bring it to the front and process it out. Is that what we're talking? We're, that's, that's a really good map, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Remapping the brain, right? Mm-hmm. But what I find so interesting is how you're using physical stimulus, so it's involving the um, the body as well as a thought process, as well as what's going on mm-hmm. in the brain, and then mm-hmm. moving the trauma. How much of the trauma do you find, and we just have a few seconds, locked in the body? Oh, a lot. The body, you know, there's a phrase in psychotherapy, the body holds the trauma. And in order to really get a full release, the person needs to at least access. Okay, I'm holding my, I'm holding my breath, or I have this this knot in the pit, pit of my we're stomach. Gonna, I'm sorry, Edie. We're going to have to pick up this yeah. on the other side, but we will pick it up. Edie and I will okay, return to our, our our engaging discussion after this short break. You're listening to the Science of Magic on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Gloria Wiecka. Previous broadcasts of thought-provoking episodes can always be found on our website www.thesciencemagic.net We will be back, so don't you go away.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our special guest this hour is Edie Stone. Edie is a certified shamanic journey guide, a psychotherapist, and a soul-centered counselor in Boulder, Colorado. Edie, we were just talking about how we're using EMDR, which is, by my way of thinking, fairly shamanic in nature, to bridge between the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual in order to release trauma that's held in all. Do you have something more to say about that? Well, we did leave your your listeners uh, kind of on an emotional cliff there, holding their breath and feeling the pit of their stomach while we were talking about that. Um, <laughs> when the body is 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 acknowledged, 
all of the visualization, all of the emotional release also is is released so that people can have a full integrative experience. And so we you know, we we in Western culture walk around and sort of in the tops of our heads most of the time. <laughs> but we actually are a body mind system. It's all it's all integrated. And when we cut that off, then we get into trouble either emotionally or or that is a good way of, of sometimes keeping a person together after a trauma that they can't go to some of these places. They have to be in a safe environment. They have to have someone to guide them. Uh, so yes, and you know, shamanism is also a physical healing. So it's all integrated. And and that's what we need right now is more integration, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, we, we have had to compartmentalize, and denial and compartmentalization are the things that save us during times of intense trauma. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Companies that set out to change the world should stand for something. Something that matters. For Tanium, it was managing and protecting the world's growing number of endpoints. Tanium empowers organizations to embrace digital transformation and change the way people both work and live. They help critical government agencies see what's coming, protect and defend five branches of the U.S. military, and more than half of the Fortune 100 rely on Tanium to manage and secure their critical assets. To learn more, visit Tanium.com. The problem being, now that we don't have a shaman on every corner or in every tribe, we don't have any way of undoing it once we're strong enough to uh, process. Is that what you're seeing, and what do you recommend in those cases? Yes. Well, um, that's true, and there are a lot of people who are walking around who are holding a lot of either emotional, physical, or or, uh, other kinds of wounds, um, trauma. So what I recommend is that they... Um, take the courage to reach out to someone. That could be someone who does alternative healing. That could be like you went to a chiropractor with your horror story about your tooth. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good choice, you know. Uh, there are um, people who have a holistic approach to psychotherapy. There are an increasing number of people who are shamans, there are other people who have shamanic training and also blended in various ways with therapy or with Reiki or, or you know, we, we are, there, there are many of us out here who are, are integrating various aspects of healing modalities. So the biggest, the biggest step is to, you know, pick up the phone or go to the computer and, and send that email to someone and, and explore with them, would this be helpful? I think it's so important that at the same time we bear in mind how important and how profound our typical Western medicine is because it seems like there's been this polarization that's kind of happened between alternative practitioners and traditional, what we call traditional now, but, you know, our allopathic medicine, mm-hmm. like they're enemies, but really we need to be teams here. Um, what oh, regulation? Yeah. What regulations have you run into regarding blending shamanism and psychotherapy? Um, I have a different set of intake forms for therapy. That's that's well regulated. I have an intake form for shamanic work. I let people know that I do both, and most of the people that are coming to me want some sort of blend of that. And um, there isn't any board of certification nationally for shamanism. We're working on it, but so. it's just not there. <laughs> So it's it's just you know finding that practitioner that you feel comfortable that that you feel is reliable that you have a good connection with. And do you do you suggest people look into their training and and where they you know you know because without regulation you can take a weekend course or not even that and hang out your shingle. So how do people tell the what they're looking for you know because it's not regulated how can how can they find a a good reliable shamanic practitioner? Well, you can you can look at their credentials and you can ask them about their experience. And for instance, I've been in practice since 1997. Um, so, in therapy, you can't ask clients for 
testimonials. So therapists don't have a whole bunch of testimonials on their website. <laughs> <laughs> so it's more it's more asking around and 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 doing an interview, doing a consultation with that person to get a sense that that's a good match for you. Yeah, just being able to follow, follow your felt sense. I mean, even if people have credentials and there is regulation, doesn't necessarily make them a good MD or a good dentist, mm-hmm. as the case may be. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily make them a good dentist. <laughs> <laughs> so what shamanic skills do you suggest for psychotherapists? Well, there's, there's a range out there. And there are people who are trained um, in the Harner Method, trained with... Um, Sandra Ingerman, um, Soul Retrieval, things like that. And I know you have a school, <laughs> so yeah. you would be a place that that would um, be some, you know, that that does does have some credentialing. So the um, that's that's the most common background that people will have. I have um, had training in that, but that's not my main um, focus. My training was in how to guide a journey, how right. to sit with that client and help them deepen. And I, I have taught a few um, people in the in the Colorado area that um, through a hypnotherapy school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am going to be setting up a program. It's in the uh, it's in the planning stages right now to train therapists so that there will be more people who can do what I do. Oh, great, um, great. So, so, that's, so how, that's, that's in the works. How do these modern-day shamanic skills differ from the more traditional tribal shamanism? Like, uh, we're not going to be cutting off any chicken heads here, right? Right. I've never cut <laughs> off any chicken heads. I have had a shaman um, recommend that I have chicken feet soup. And actually, that's really good for arthritis, you know. <laughs> but no chicken heads yet. No chicken um, Yeah. It differs in that... In a in a in an intact tribal culture, there are people who have become known to the elders, maybe from a young age, or maybe through their crisis of adolescence, or maybe through some kind of a illness or wounding that they experience on some level in their life, that they have dipped into this this other world, this this this. Im- this world that has imagery and and also in a in a tribal situation has a definite structure. This is this is the path through death and dying into a particular um, path through into the ancestors or to the um, to the other world. So the translation that down. Yeah. Um, so the in the go ahead. So I just you know from what you were saying I was saying so there's a different translation point because they have. The, the, the clients in a tribal situation have more of a framework for the treatment itself. Yes, yes. And they also have um, elders and they have people who have gone to that shaman or that, that medicine man, medicine woman in their tribe, and they know them. You know, right. They know their integrity. Um, they know that they're, that they're um, as my Peruvian teacher Oscar Miracasada says, they know that they're digging potatoes and raising corn, yeah. and yeah. they're doing their work in the in in their family and their outer world. So, we've lost that. Um, we used to have the 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 old lady in the cottage who was brewing the herbs, and you'd go to her, and and that was maybe the more traditional European version of of a healer. And but there've always been folk doctors. Um, a spiritual a spiritual medicine in every culture this is the the shamanic path is present for those of us who have ancestors from Europe from the Celtic Isles from um, Italy um, from the Near East it, it's there it was suppressed but it 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 was still alive in the back country and it has been revived and that's a good thing huh that's a really good thing. There's a there's a there's a huge interest in shamanism in Europe. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing that. I get a, a lot of um, correspondence actually from Europe because people mm-hmm. are so interested mm-hmm. in it, and it's it's really a blessing that it's coming back. Why do you think it was so suppressed? 
Um, I think that the, the church was afraid of that sort of um, power of the earth, power of the feminine, um, afraid of nature, um, needing to control their own hierarchy and their particular gifts. There are, you know, back in the Middle Ages, you would go to a priest for a lot of these shamanic kind of healings. Um, there was a gift that a king could have of touching and healing. So it, it it's always been there. It's just been more or less denounced. <laughs> or I think accepted. You, I think you said the key word when you said control. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because shamanism empowers the individual, and if 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 the there's structures in place that want to control the individual, that's uh, contraindicated. Yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and and is perceived by that structure as being somewhat dangerous if that's a, if that's a powerful shaman or if that's a powerful modality. Um, yeah, threatens their rule, <laughs> mm-hmm. their their era of tyranny, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We have a little bit of time left, and I want to open a subject and finish it on the other side of a break. So would you start to tell us what you've observed in an individual's ability to heal when the emotional, spiritual aspect of an an illness is not addressed? Well, when it's not addressed, that person is going to be blocked from a lot of the energy of their body that would otherwise be accessible to them. So... We have all kinds of what would be called psychosomatic illnesses. And we also have just sort of our neurotic tendencies to hold stuff in our bodies and, <laughs> and not tend to them. <laughs> you know? So people get tight stomachs and that leads to bad digestion or, they, or they're not breathing deeply and, and you know, they, they get a lot of, you know, I do a breath that helps to lower blood pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how much control we can actually have over our bodies if we quit using them as storage sheds for unprocessed stuff, right? <laughs> right, storage sheds, yes. In in ancient lore, and actually I can do it, I can change my heart rate, I can change my blood pressure, I can change my respiration, I can stop breathing for a long period of time. If I'm working in a shamanic trance and in sacred space, if we can do that, boy, doesn't that just open the door to a lot of healing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, on the other side of this break, we're going to enter into how illness takes place when we don't have a physical component, but it ends up going physical because we aren't processing. After this short break, Indy and I will be back. You're listening to The Science of Magic, the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, the place for altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. You can always listen to previous transformative broadcasts on our website. It's complimentary, www.xzbn.net thescienceofmagic.net Don't go away, we will be back. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. 
Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Wilda Wiyaka. Our guest this hour happens to be one of those gifted people, Edie Stone. She's a certified shamanic journey guide, a psychotherapist, and a soul-centered counselor. She works out of Boulder, Colorado, here in the high Rocky Mountains. Edie, we were just going into what happens when we use our bodies as storage sheds rather than processing out throughout our lifetime the places that we've had to lock down. Could you give us that horror story, please? <laughs> no? Yes, and I can't use, as a therapist, I can't use any particular person, but I can I can do a composite here. That'll work just fine. the same kind of symptoms. Um, we were talking about um, how often people will hold anxiety um, as a kind of a clench in their belly. And they may have numbed that out to the point where they don't even realize they're doing it until that's brought to the surface by maybe some crisis in their life or or they're getting indigestion or they they wonder if they have a um, ulcer or something. So one of the things that I do is I teach all of my clients, therapy clients, journey clients, I teach an out-breath. And it's not anything that's in any, it, it's a very natural out-breath. It's not named in, as a certain kind of yoga or anything, although it's similar to some yoga breath. Um, and it's just an out-breath where you're basically releasing a sigh, like, <sighs> that kind of out-breath. It's as natural as it comes. And I have found that when people do that, and I'm doing it with them, I'm showing them how to relax their jaw, feeling, kind of feeling into their body, if they tend to be kind of very much in the top of their head, and they're thinking about all these things, coming back to the body, <laughs> coming back to the body, um, and coming back to the out-breath, um, that, that they'll start to notice um, that some changes and two things will happen. If you do that breath um, and keep deepening into it, you will eventually start to yawn. When you yawn, that's not that you're, you know, that the, the, the oxygen level of the room hasn't changed. That yawn following that deep out breath is a shift in the autonomic nervous system between sympathetic and parasympathetic, between fight or flight where we get stuck on, and in our busy days, there's always some of that, into the relaxation response. So the body starts to relax. The autonomic nervous system starts to relax. Often tears come to the eyes. And that person will go into, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm much more aware now. Oh, my stomach is, is you know, and they'll, they'll come into that area and we'll do some specific work right there. And sometimes what happens is that there will be a memory that will pop up or a chronic pattern. Oh, this is how I always feel when um, I'll use public speaking as an example. Um, you know, I get all tied up in knots. So we can go and process maybe with just with gestalt therapy, talking to the stomach, Maybe we'll do some EMDR. Or if it's really intense, we could journey to their stomach. We could journey to that area of their body and see if there are spirit guides that can um, bring them more information and also bring healing energy. Maybe bring them a set of, of um, things to do um, maybe they get assigned to go for a walk every day, you know, whatever the wisdom of their spirit guides say, so that that um, energetic block, which has started to manifest physical symptoms, that we're re- releasing the energetic block, um, that connects the lower half of the body to the upper half. If you open your heart, 
um, then there's a there's a connection there, and things will flow through the kind of place where we have, hold a boundary between our 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 bellies and our hearts, between our third and fourth chakra. When we breathe through that, when we relax the diaphragm, and when we're also doing imagery that helps release that, oh, that feels so much better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Edie, before we get too far into this last segment, I would really like if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners what services you offer and where they can find you. Okay. I offer psychotherapy and of all kinds, holistic. Most of my clients are um, looking for alternatives to um, sort of anything that's, you know, maybe they're trying to get off of medications or something like that. Um, so holistic psychotherapy, soul-centered counseling, and um, a heart-centered um, heart vision shamanic journeying. I'm located in Boulder, Colorado, and my website is edstone.com, and I'm available for consultations and, you know, for people who want to get in touch with me. Fantastic. Do you work long distance, Edie? Um, as a therapist, I can't work across state lines. As a shamanic practitioner... You can, can work across the I universe. Can, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can work across the universe. There you go. <laughs> Oh, Edie, thank you for all that you bring. So how can a person tell if they have emotional or spiritual concepts, um, components to an illness and that are expressing physically? Um, well, they almost always do. <laughs> <laughs> Plying on it. <laughs> yeah, so you can, you can kind of count on that one. Um, if, you know, if you've gone to the doctor and, and, and what the doctor has, you know, has cleared you from having any um, obvious physical, you know, you don't have an ulcer. Now, ulcers, can, uh, they're, they're connected to bacteria. They're not, we used to think it was just stress. You know, there's things you can do for ulcers. But um, if you just have this chronic tension and it's upsetting your, your, your digestion and, your, and, your, and it's starting to, to, you're feeling constricted, there are relaxation techniques. There are there are all kinds of techniques and therapy um, that can be of assistance with that. Nice. Um, you know, let's go backwards a little bit and backwards in time. We were talking about how you can take that breath. You can start to relax a part of your body. You can turn your awareness inward to that part of your body that's been tight. You know what I found going on there sometimes for some people, I like to give a little caveat and give your, get your advice on it, is they can be hit with all sorts of stuff that's stored there. They might not even have memory of and become overwhelmed. Have you seen this? And if so, what do you suggest? Yes, I suggest slowing down. Um, and if you're working with someone, this is this is when you want to be be communicating with your therapist or your or your shamanic practitioner or whoever you're working with. Um, EMDR is really good for that because we start with that safe space. If someone was starting to, to uncover something there, I would say let's take a moment. You can you can tone that back down to your old pattern for a moment. Let's let's work on some safety. Let's let's create a safe space for you if you haven't had that in your inner life. Um, and then m m probably my uh, modality of choice would be EMDR in that because you can take ten seconds to check in to what's happening and then you can come back to that safe space and hang out there. And they may need to have, you know, it's okay to go back to the pattern so that you can get through something until you get more, um, say, more grounded in your therapy, until you feel like you can uncover something and do that safely. It's, this is not old-style trauma work where you just rip into something. Yeah, it's please. Taking it in, it's taking it in measured steps, checking in, um, and and doing it so that you can start to feel the benefit, um, and it you know something like that. It, it it's probably going to take a few sessions, so that you also have some containment. We work on finding images like an old safe, like a trunk, uh, 
file cabinet where you can put your your that emotional arousal or physical arousal where you can file it away until you come back. Conscious compartmentalization. Conscious compartmentalization. That's a great term. Yes, thank you. You could borrow it. I just coined it. (laughs) It's so important, I think, to realize that everything runs off of our intent. And if we intend to take it at a doable pace, that's what's going to happen. Is that correct? Mm, That's great, too. Yes. Thank you for that. No problem. that, That this is going to just just flow in the right pace. Yeah, because this this modality, while it seems gentle, is very powerful. And if we go at it with the same attitude that we go at, at everything else, like rip into it, it can become overwhelming. I think it's mm-hmm. so important to be gentle with ourselves, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good lesson for type A personalities. This is not something to be conquered. You know, if, if, if it's something described, like what you've, you know, things are com- coming up. It can't be conquered in one session. It needs to be, um, you need to make friends with that pattern. Mm-hmm. You need to, 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 you know, open your heart maybe to that, that little kid inside of you. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Edie, time flies. And I'm sorry, we're out of it. We're just going to have to do this again. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Our guest this hour has been Edie Stone. Certified Shamanic Journey Guide, Psychotherapist, and Soul-Centered Counselor. Her website, www.edstone.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love on your sacred healing path. <laughs> <laughs>